What's going on, football fans? It's me, J.R. Clark, back again with another Pound for Pound ATL. Joined by, as always, by my man, Jonathan. What's going on, Jonathan? You doing all right? Doing great today, man. As y'all can see, we have a special guest here with us tonight. Uh, Eric Robinson, formerly of the Falcoholic. He was on a few years ago with us uh, talking about the Senior Bowl. I know a lot of y'all probably interact with him on Twitter, whether it be in the spaces that he runs or just, you know, having good uh, social discourse on, uh, you know, what the Falcons should do. But uh, he's one of the guys, like when y'all hear me say, like, you know, people I trust have certain opinions. He's one of the people that I trust. So I figured uh, with the season being done, now would be a great time to have him on and talk about it. Eric, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on tonight. And I'm, yes, sir. I'm, I'm ready to talk a little bit of Falcons football. Man. There you go. Well, before we get too much further, everything looks a little bit different tonight because my normal ad that y'all know I've been having issues with, uh, like like absolutely went nuclear. Uh, it yep. is on our time, 723. So we've been trying to do this since 7 o'clock. And so if you see the powered by little steam yard thing going on and nothing behind us, you know why because I finally gave up and just got mad about it. Um, so uh, y'all have to forgive me for it not looking as nearly uh, spiffy tonight as it normally does. But nonetheless, y'all are here to, for our opinions, not for my graphics. So, Eric, I'm going to obviously start with you. Like, you know, yes, we, we got you on for that reason. Like, the Falcons finished with the same record that they had last year, 7-10, and 10, but it feels mm. like a different 7-10. and 10. Um, What were your, like, initial like 30,000 foot view on on the season itself well you know coming into the year I honestly felt like they were going to go seven and ten this year um and I, I tweeted that out a lot a lot of people asked about my prediction for the year and I said seven and ten I feel like it was going to be a seven and ten year but it was going to be a different feel to it um largely because I feel like the roster makeup from this year compared to last year was completely different um i felt like it was a better team it was a more skilled team but they still had a little ways to go and that's exactly what we saw um we saw a team that yes they were seven and ten but guys they were a handful of plays away from being a 10 win team 11 win oh, yeah, team and they could oh, have yeah. been playing, they could have been playing this weekend honestly um but i think that is the difference between a young team learning how to win learning how to close games, learning how to make certain plays late and a, and a team that's already been there. Um, they, they already got their feet wet when it comes to playoff football. They already got their feet when it comes, when it comes to December football and learning mm -hmm. how to win games that way. And, and they, they still have to fill that gap there, but I, I think it's, it's in a positive direction. I don't want to, I don't want people to look at it and say, well, they went seven to 10 back to back years. There's a, you got to look at the context. You got to look at the field, look at what's played and, and you'll see it's a, it's a different team from last year, in my opinion. And I think they're going in the right direction. Yeah, I definitely like, I come away, you know, obviously after the Tampa game, uh, you know, finally beating Tom Brady. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took us a while. We got here, but we're that's here. right. That's right. We yep. got here. He was he was so scared that he couldn't finish the uh, couldn't finish. Didn't the game. want to finish, man. Right. He, he made, made, made him run, man. That's right. That's run. Right. He saw um, he saw Grady. He saw Grady make that big play, dude. And he that said, play. Yep. He's like, nope. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm I can't. Out. I can't no, uh, I can't yep. have the ref save me again. So I, uh, <laughs> he knew he knew Grady was trying to get him back for trying to kick him. Right. Right. So, but yeah, no, this team definitely felt different. The the 
like the the coaching staff even you know felt different in the like decision making process i don't think there was nearly as many like head scratching uh decisions now if you're like reading twitter on game day you know everybody's losing their minds but that's how you know fans are you know that that's what we do uh we question every single call but like yeah. if you go back and look at it like there wasn't as many head scratchers this year as there was the first year. And I thought that was a, a sign of growth. You saw a coaching staff that, you know, molded their scheme more to the roster that they had, yeah. uh, you know, running like I made, you know, beginning of the season, I made, you know, comments about like, you know, Parker Hesse being like that H back and, you know, that, that fullback tight end hybrid and, Oh, well they were going to cut Keith Smith. He's not going to have any snaps. And, right. Yeah, I was wrong, like completely, because like you incorporated both of them to to a you know well oiled run machine that right. was right. Uh, well suited for the talent that we have, O line wise, QB wise. Yep. Um, was that something that kind of like like struck you as as being not something that you were necessarily expecting? You know, I I kind of sort of look. It, it's easy to look at the roster and say there's some development that needs to happen. But I think sometimes we forget that this is a young staff. This is a right. young, this is a, a their the front office is led relatively by, you know, a rookie, not a rookie GM, but a young GM. So mm-hmm. there's some development that needs to happen there. So Arthur Smith, you know, he, he, he came to the team from Tennessee you know, he he has some accolades as a play caller, but I still think he needed to learn how to juggle the responsibility of being a head coach and a play caller. Right. And it's going to take longer than one season or or half or a season and a half to figure that out. And you saw a little bit of that. Um, I I thought the last four weeks, once the they made the um, the insertion of uh, Desmond Ritter into the starting lineup, I felt like it was a developmental period for for Arthur Smith as well. How are you as a play caller going to protect him as a rookie quarterback? Are you just going to throw him out there and say, whatever happens, happens, or are you going to protect him with how you call plays? At first, it was, uh, uh, I wasn't in love with the the play calling at first from him. I felt like he, he put maybe a little bit too much on Ritter's plate, but as they both, you know, got a little acclimated and got their feet wet and got comfortable. You started to see the play on the field translate. So, yes, Arthur Smith is—he's only been a head coach for two years, and again, I—I I, I don't think people understand how hard it is to be a head coach and a play caller. Like right. that—that is, that is tough. I mean, well, I just being imagine. a head. Coach. Go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, just I—I I can imagine just being a head coach. It, it, by itself, whether you're the, right. the signal caller or not, is is a hard thing to to do it, to learn yeah. learn how to not to, not to micromanage. Uh, yes, you know you want to. Yes, yeah, but yeah. now you kind of sort of have to because you have both roles, so mm-hmm. you have to be cognizant of so much that's going on. And I think he's still learning that along the way as well. But uh, he's getting better, right? And then you also like you throw in. I've seen a lot of people talk about oh, like you know, fire Ragone or you know, what have you like, like, which I think is again, like, man, we're two years into this thing, you know, uh, you know. we're going for, right. That's like, like, what do you, because people just like, they see that, you know, oh, he's the OC, you know? So like, they want to put the blame on like, like we're creatures of wanting to put blame on somebody, 
right? And so, and sometimes things just don't work out, right? Right, and, right, right? And like a play might not be the best play at the right time. You know, the other side of the field or the, like the other opponents are, you know, they're professionals as well. They're paid to stop you or paid to score, like however, right. you know, you want to look at that. But right. uh, I I think, you know, especially the, the last two games, not just because we won, but you saw like, you know, Ritter – be a little little bit calmer as you know decision making was better you know in the Arizona game and and better in the Tampa game um yeah. you know obviously we as most fans felt like you know maybe after the Carolina game would have been a nice time to insert Ritter but you yeah. were still in the in the mix thanks to Tampa not knowing yeah. Yeah. not wanting to I don't know what they were doing out there but yeah. you know <laughs> Not, not doing what they should have been doing. Opportunity, yeah, yeah. But, and, but also, go ahead. Like when it comes to the the Carolina things, like we don't know what. I will defer to the coach as far as whether he thinks that Ritter was ready by then or not. If he didn't think Ritter was ready, it didn't. It wasn't going to do anything, but you know, if not destroy his career or anything like that, it right. could stunt his growth. Right. Uh, yeah. You, know, you want to you want to put him in when you feel like he is actually ready. And if you if he felt like this was the best time and he felt like he was ready at this time, then I'm I'm fine with it. I as a fan, would I have preferred to see it earlier? Absolutely. But I'm not getting paid the money that he is. <laughs> so. I, you know, I I felt that you know we don't know what they see in practice. Right. If, mm-hmm. if Ritter is if Ritter shows a few struggles against your second team defense, why would you want to throw him in? Why would you want to throw him into the fire on game days? Like right. that's, we, we don't know what the coaching staff saw. I mean, what they saw. And, and just from what I've, what I've heard, honestly, this is the plan all along. And I, I think people still have yet to come to that particular conclusion. They didn't, they didn't want to rush Ritter. They wanted Ritter to wait as long as possible. This was never a situation Ritter was going to start early in the year. It's never a situation where Ritter was going to pick it up halfway through the year. They wanted Mariota to ride this thing out as long as he could. And if if Ritter got a couple starts before the season was over with, great. Mm-hmm. Not, I think they would have been satisfied with that as well. Like this was this was the plan all along for Ritter mm-hmm. to not just be tossed out there. And honestly, I'm okay with that because, like Jonathan said, going out there as a rookie quarterback, having those struggles. That can destroy you mentally, and that's all it takes. That can be the first domino and the main domino to fall, and then next thing you know, you're out of the league in a few years because of the yep. fact that your rookie year just went so awry and you saw too much, and it was it, it made you question your ability, your confidence. That's how yep. you end up with the Johnny Manziels and the Brandon, Brandon Wheatons and the, the, the David Cars by just right. throwing them out there and say, hey, man, do your thing. Oof. See what happens. Well, in a da- sense- David, Carr, David Carr got – the hell beat out of him. <laughs> right. I mean, and I get it. That was an expansion text team, and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to put him out there to start everything, but they they getting sacked 72 times as a rookie, mm. the kid was never the same mentally. No. So no. was it even really the right idea to do that, even as an expansion team? That's what I was questioning. Right. And there's like like something I try to remind folks, uh, you know, when we're talking about Ritter or whoever, you know, um, Terry Fontenot brought up Kansas City's model like more than once. 
you know, of drafting and waiting to insert your QB when the team was ready, like mm-hmm. or had a better, you know, better chance of success. And that's something mm-hmm. that always, you know, stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, like, Eric, do you see like in their exit interview or in their exit, like press conference, Arthur Smith was, you know, not necessarily like, you know, super committed in his right. you know, verbiage that he used, uh, you know, so do you think that, cause like, I feel like going into 23 Ritter's your starter, at least for 23 is, is the way like sitting here today, I'll go on record and say, that's what I feel at mid January. Like, mm-hmm. do you see them like actively going after like a guy like Carr or even a guy like, uh, you know, the, I'll just go ahead. <laughs> guy like Lamar Jackson. Like, do you see them like going that route, like actively pushing for that? Or is it, do you think it's like a Deshaun Watson where if it falls in her lap, we'll try to pursue it? I, when it comes to him being non-committal to Ritter, I, I expected that. Right. And to be honest with you, as much as I like Ritter, how can you be committed to it at this right. point? He's only at four games. But he's played very solid in those four games. And I felt walking away from the season, at the very least, Ritter has earned the opportunity to compete for the job. If he's not going to be handed the keys, he's earned that opportunity to go in and train a camp and say, hey, you know what, kid? If you want it, go win it. Right. Um, I think is I honestly believe is going to be a situation. We're, we're going to see one of two things. Either... They get lucky, and uh, the the prospect of getting a guy like Lamar Jackson falls into their lap. Right. And I think if you're a team like Atlanta, how could you not pursue that, honestly? Like, I know it may be costly in the future. I get it. But this is a 25-year-old former MVP that fits your scheme like a glove and can take you places as an offense. I mean, just right. – just imagine alone, alone, Lamar, Algier, Pitts, London. Whew. Ah, uh, man. Um, so if they get lucky and that comes across their table, I think they'll be wise enough to entertain it and see what happens. If not, I still expect them to go out and get a veteran QB, Derek Carr. Don't do it. No. Don't say no. it. No. No. <laughs> I mean, I so some of the some of the names I saw floated, which I think would be good for uh, a vet backup. We're talking Heineke, yeah, uh, Bridgewater, yep, uh, even uh, you know potential. I saw the name pop up for um, uh, Rams QB now, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. I saw his name. Eh, I'm kind of whatever on him, but I can see Heineke or Bridgewater being brought in. Here's a name that's that no one talks about that I thought would be interesting at the as a backup. Um, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cooper Rush. If you wanted to bring in a guy yeah. that's not necessarily a starter, but he has starting experience, he can at least at the very least, you know, you got a guy in Cooper Rush that can, you know put a little heat up on the Ritter and say, Hey, man, okay. So in those, there, right, in those level guys, the, the rushes, 
the Heineke's, even like Gardner Minshew. I've seen people, Jacoby Brissett. I've seen people like yeah, throw out there. The, that's the other name. That, so yeah. like it, with those guys, like you bring in a guy like that, to me, that signals that your faith is in Ritter. Right. Like, cause you know what those guys are. Like, you're, you're bringing, you're bringing in a guy that you, sh- you can show faith in Ritter, but you know, that can honestly is good enough to, to get take you the through job. Or like good enough or, to get or, you through yeah. the season if, if Ritter starts going down in flames. Right. 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 Yeah. Like, so I don't, like if I don't they, expect them to go into 2023 with Logan White Woodside as the number two. Right. Like but to me, if if you bring in a car, even if even though I don't like that idea by any stretch of the but if you bring in a car, like you're saying that like this is a 10 year vet yeah. who has started for 10 years. Yeah, and cars, and cars, you know not, what I'm saying? cars not, and cars not going anywhere that he's not a starter. That's that's the kind I of the point I'm that. making there. Like like if you bring yeah. in a car, if and I'm even gonna go ahead and call it if Tennessee decides to cut Tannehill, and you bring in Tannehill, I don't think you're bringing in Tannehill to be a backup. I think you are. You think, think Tannehill you would be a backup? I think yep. you are. Yes, because. Because of the price tag, you bring in car right now. Car still has three years left on his deal. I think you right. guys saw it earlier today when Ian Rappaport tweeted out what like his base salary would be for 2023, which is close to 40 million dollars. That's starters money. You bring yeah. in a guy like Derek Carr, he is your starter. There's no QB yes. competition, there's no go earn this. He's your starter, he's being paid like a starter, and and that's who he is. I don't think Tannehill would carry that type of I don't, I'm not sure. How much Tannehill has left on his contract, but of course, if he gets cut, that changes things. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. So, I I look at it, and I also look at it this way. I I get individuals are afraid of sending the draft capital along with paying Lamar the type of money that he's probably going to get, but, and a lot of people compare it to the team paying Matt Ryan. His money, you got to look at it this way. You have a 25-year-old quarterback and you got a 30-something-year-old quarterback. And the price tags are the same. Wouldn't you rather pay it to the younger, the younger okay. name where you can get that, you can you get more, you know, longer investment? And I get I'd, rather, the- I'd rather pay Lamar 45 million a year than pay Derek Carr or Matt Ryan. No doubt. Like, no doubt. On that aspect, no doubt. Like, I get mm-hmm. that logic completely. If I'm going to pay anybody right now, and you're holding, you know, proverbial gun to my head and say, you got to pay somebody $45 million a year or whatever it is, you know, yeah. it's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. My my concern right now is that you're going into year two of Lamar Jackson missing major chunks of the season. Like, and as of right now, the Baltimore Ravens are going into the playoffs and he's not going to be starting. And so, and then that's this is the second year in a row. And this is something I have not dove into yet. It's a thought process that I'm thinking about. So I'm going to like say it, but it may not ever go anywhere past this. What is the life expectancy of a running back in the NFL? Three to five years? Maybe. Like I'm talking a good one, a stud one is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So we're talking three to five years of, effective play right now you have these quarterbacks right now 
who are doing a lot of running. You have right. Lamar Jackson. You have uh, uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. You have uh, Deshaun Hurts. Watson in his a day. Jalen Hurts. Okay, and these guys aren't able to finish seasons. Okay, they're getting dinged up. We don't think about it when it's a running back getting dinged up because it's a running back. That's what they do. It becomes a big deal when it's the quarterback getting dinged up, right? Mm-hmm. And so when the the legs are the first option, not the only, but just the first option or one of their main weapons, like it concerns me. So what I guess what I'm asking, Eric, does it concern you knowing that these past two years he hasn't been able to finish the season and seeing like the immense drop off that immediately happened to Cam Newton. No, it Cam doesn't. Newton was like two fifty. It, do, it handle doesn't. That. It doesn't concern me because, as we've seen in recent years, teams still place a premium on those type of quarterbacks. That's why no was drafted third overall. Right. That's why Justin Fields was drafted and coveted as high as he was. So it doesn't. It's not concerning teams right now to at least in the when you're in the draft and you have one of those guys, those guys in front of you. You see teams are scrambling over each other to get one of those. No guys. doubt. So it's not concerning me. My my concern with those situations when it comes to that type of quarterback, and you're starting to see it a little bit in Philly. Um, hopefully Chicago follow hopefully Chicago follows the same formula. It's fine to have that type of quarterback, but surround him with so much weaponry that the legs are not the first option. That's that Philly, Philly's starting to do that. Right. Hurts is still going to be a running quarterback. He's still and going that's to be fine. A okay, that's fine. But option one is AJ. Option two is Devontae. Option three is Goddard. You got Miles Sanders back there. There's so many weapons around him that his legs may be plan plan D. Uh, like it's just we're, we're not even. We don't even yeah. if if it, if we need your legs to win us games or make plays, then cool. But there's so right. much weaponry around. So yeah. I think in the aspect of bringing in a Lamar Jackson to Atlanta, I don't think you're bringing in Lamar to be that running quarterback that can get you a thousand yards on the ground. You're bringing him in because you feel you can supply him with more more weaponry than Baltimore did. All Baltimore Perfect. really did was gave him Mark Andrews. They gave him a running game. And, you know, even that running game, that running game hasn't really been healthy over the past few years. AK's been hurt. Gus Edwards has been hurt. When they bought Mark Ingram in, he's been hurt. Everybody's been beat up back there. So They didn't talk to their strength and conditioning people. You're right. Like Not to mention mention the offensive line has has been – Ronnie Stanley has missed time. Like – Everybody traded Orlando Brown Jr. Right, literally everybody on that offensive line has been beat to hell, except Mark Andrews. On that offense, has been beat to hell, except Mark Andrews. Really. Mm -hmm. So at least with Atlanta, you say, "Hey, you know what? We got a scheme for you. If if you can, he can operate this scheme with his eyes closed. We'll give you a Kyle Pitts, who I believe essentially will be better than Mark Andrews. Oh yeah. We'll give you a Drake London. We see what Drake has been this year." With Mariota and, and Ritter, yeah, Ritter yeah. he can be he he has a very bright future, has a very high ceiling, has probably a bigger ceiling than anybody that Baltimore has brought in at the receiver position. You got a guy like Tyler, Tyler Algier. You're gonna you're probably gonna add another running back in tow this year. 
I think in this situation, yes, you're bringing in Lamar. It's going to be a heavy price tag, but man, the the skill set that could be around him, you you may not even really think about his legs until he takes off for forty yards. Like, oh yeah, he can. We can beat you that way too. That is right. So I, yeah. I, I it's not my first my first option. Got you. I think this offseason is 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 best to take that money there and spend it wisely and spread yeah, it like build defense, build the trenches all the way around. It's, so it's not often you can get a 25 year old former MVP with his skill set <laughs> with your scheme. I think it makes it even better the fact that you have the scheme that that can it, it's it's you know it fits him and he right. can be able to to operate in that scheme. And, you know, you take a step back a little bit when it comes to division foes and all that type of stuff. And, you know, it, it can be a nice setup for them. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I get the uh, – and I'll, and I'll, you know, to to JR's question earlier, does it scare me? Does it scare me with Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. Uh, does it mean that if we were given the chance that I would – and we make the move and we get him and all the – and we give up the – potential draft capital and we pay the man the money and, and all those things. Am I going to, you know, like poo poo that all over the place? You'd be like, Oh, this is a bad, is it? No, I think it would be okay. But I, I do agree that I would prefer build the team <laughs> around what we currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at Philadelphia and they won a Super Bowl with Foles. Because right. they had awesome offensive line, they had awesome defensive line. They had build those, build those. <laughs> they had all the yeah. running backs. Yeah, yeah. It, but 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 like build you know, build the absolute best, potentially most dominant offensive line you can make. Mm-hmm. Build the absolute best, most dominant defensive line you can make. Spend that is where I want to spend the money right now because I want what Philadelphia has. Right. Because yeah, they have they have the weapons, and we and we've got weapons, and we're probably going to add to that. Uh, but we and we've got the foundation. We've got the tri- like we talked about in our podcast on Tuesday. We have the triplets right now. But I mean, at the very least, you have Algier, you have Drake London. You're going to get Kyle Pitts back. You're probably going to add a wide receiver to either in the draft or in free agency. Uh, you, you uh, running back as well. So the weapons will be there. This is the off season where I think we really have the opportunity to build out, especially the defensive line, offensive line. If literally the offensive line played exactly the same next year as they played this year, I would be super happy with that. Like that kind of consistency. Can, can we get a little bit be better pass protection though? I mean, a little bit. But now I agree. I, I, I think, I think that would be, I think that would, that's, that would come <laughs> anyways with, you know, having Pitts, having London in his second year, having a wide receiver too, especially if it's a vet wide receiver too. Uh, you know, having uh, you know Algier in season two, and having you know probably I would assume we're going to have CP eighty four. You know, have him oh, back yeah, next year. Uh, we're going to have plenty of weapons that we can get. We can distribute that ball. We can get rid of that ball quick enough that I think that's going to help out help it out anyways. Uh, and then Ritter is mobile enough to help out that offensive line when you know, when it does give up the pressure. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily worried about the pass pro. I think the pass pro will will get better, hopefully, assuming we don't see like, oh, we had a great offensive line, and then we come in the next year and it's like, 
like we Andy's to offensive the, line. Like Andy's offensive line. We got Andy's <laughs> offensive line that was the best in the league last year. Coming <laughs> this year, it's like what happened? Right. What you I, got, I, you know? I, I hope I hope people can understand that when it comes to getting a guy like Lamar Jackson, especially with the with the cap space that they're looking to have this offseason, you know, is is definitely going to cost some some draft assets. That's for sure. But it's not going to hinder the team from adding another addition or two to the oh, no. uh-uh. like they'll no. still be able they'll still be able to get a, a RB two in the draft, mm-hmm. and and I I got a couple of names in mind that they can that they can search for on day two of the draft. They they will still like if roughly I think they're looking at maybe between seventy to eighty five million depending on restructures and cuts um in free agency so yes bringing in lamar is going to take a good chunk of that but you'll still have the ability to get i don't know maybe a juju smith or maybe maybe a guy like alan lazard you still have the ability to get those type of guys it's it's not and and honestly the running back depth in free agency is not that bad honestly if you want to go to veteran route there Kareem Hunt could be available this offseason. David Montgomery could be there. Miles Sanders is an option. Devin Singletary from Buffalo is an option. So <laughs> it's not – getting Lamar is not going to handcuff the team. The no, entire uh, They'll still I, have I've, room to, yeah. to do a little bit more. That that part has never, like, concerned me in a sense. Like, I, I – like, you know, we talk cap and, you know, but there's enough ways to voodoo the cap. We've been watching the Saints do it for years. Right. That you know, if need be, the cap is a myth. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like eventually, you have to pay the piper, and it'll cost you here and there. But you know, if need be, you can manipulate a lot of different things. Especially considering right now, you don't have you know a huge hit for Pitts and London and Algier. You know, you're gonna have to fork over something soon enough for you know Lindstrom, uh, you know McGarry if you want to bring him back and Terrell if you want to, you know, hold on to him. But outside of that, like, yeah, you don't have a ton that you really necessarily have to lock up. And I, yeah, Right, exactly. And I, I think a, a lot of people may not necessarily realize that at this point. But, you know, honestly, it can work if, if they front load a ton of the contract early on, maybe the first two or three years, front load it. Because right now they're not really facing any major pending free agents coming up. Lindstrom is probably going to need an extension. I get AJ Terrell is going to need one. Outside of that, who else? I mean, at most, like you could you can make a case for McGarry if you think that, you know, his his play isn't a one-year wonder. Uh, like, you know, he could be you know, a candidate for the franchise tag. If you think that you want to see him do it for another year before you yeah. like sign him to a long term, but yeah, I mean, you don't have a ton of in-house guys. Like, I don't think you're necessarily, depending on where something we got to get here into in just a minute. Like your thoughts right. on the DC. Like, yeah. you got guys like Lorenzo Carter. Uh, you know, right. depending on like what you think of him, whether you want to bring him back, Rashawn Evans. Uh, if you want to. Like depending on what you think there, you know. Yeah, but 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 yeah, it's just is again. I think they'll they'll have that wiggle room to front load if if they were to bring in Lamar's contract and give them you know give them that mega deal. They'll be able to front load it the first couple of years because of the fact that you don't have to worry about twenty twenty four. 
that guy's up for a contract. That guy's up for a contract. You literally maybe have one or two key players that are in line or will be in line for a contract extension. So you can have that wiggle room to front load that money. That way in 2024, your free agent, your cap space in 2024 is not necessarily, you know, it's not bloated and you're not, you're not right. in 2025 as well. So they will have that ability to do so. Um, but it's just, it, it depends me personally, man. Again, it's not my, my main option going into the off season. No, again, as we, as we stated, I'd rather them take that cap space, spread it across the roster. But I honestly feel if Lamar Jackson was on this Falcons team today, they're a playoff team. Oh yeah. Oh, even, yeah. Like, even with the way it's constructed right now, even with the way it's I think, constructed, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even, with, yeah, definitely. I, I, I am in a hundred percent agreement in, in that yeah. aspect. So for the time being, let's, let's put away the hypotheticals and the what ifs uh, as far as like the QB situation goes. And let's turn to the hypotheticals and what ifs of, you know, potential uh, DCs. We have a, a vacancy, and that's not something that we were able to really get into a ton on our show on Tuesday, uh, just because mm-hmm. you know chat was was doing what chat does, um, yep. you know, which is asking great questions. But like, who is like your your number one on, on yeah number one choice as far as DC goes? Uh, do you have anybody in mind? Because like you're getting guys like you know uh, Brian Flores that's interviewing in in. The you know Cleveland and you got Jared Mayo who's interviewing and you know all these guys like Jim Schwartz are starting to get interviews and and yep. you know Arthur Smith comes out and says you know they're not in any like huge rush uh, yep. and you're like well why not you should be in a huge rush well I mean there's only there's only two teams that's in need of a DC right now Cleveland and the Falcons so I I can see them taking their time but at the same time you got these you got these draft workouts these draft you know, these bowl games, Shrine Bowl and, and Senior Bowl coming up, I would prefer to have a coach in place before those things kick off. Yeah. It'll, yeah. it'll make the scouting of the draft a little bit easier. Um, so, but- so he, he so he mentioned something, uh, and I don't, you know, maybe you know, I don't know. Uh, he mentioned, like, the format now is different, and it affords them that time, where it wasn't necessarily that way in the past. Uh, so I – do you know what he's talking about with that? Because I'm not 100% sure what he's talking about. The, the format is different. I think he's now? talking about like the the coaching hiring process is a little bit different. I don't think that they can uh, talk to guys who are in the playoffs just yet. Yeah, they that will have to wait until towards the end of the month in order for them to – if they want to talk to a D.C. that's in the playoffs, they'll have to wait towards like the last week of January to do that. That would for them, yeah. Um, but I mean, I I think there's plenty of candidates out there right now that are not in the playoffs. Uh, me yeah. personally, I feel I feel like I, I feel this. This is a very to me. This is arguably the most important offseason in Falcons history because these opportunities don't come around, guys. When, when the last time we've seen the Falcons enter an offseason when they have eighty million dollars to spend? It it does not come around often. Okay, nope. nope. Not only that. But the landscape of the NFC South and what it could look like wide in three is not only wide open, the Falcons may stand out from the pack right now, honestly, um, because the Bucks are going to have to answer so many questions. The Saints mm-hmm. are going to have to answer so many questions. The Panthers, the Panthers may be stuck with the with the roster that they have now. They may not really be able to make many moves. Um, 
not to mention they still haven't figured out who's going to be their head coach. So right. it's an important offseason for the Falcons on the field and off the field, in my opinion. And I think they have an opportunity to make a statement, not only on their roster, but on their coaching staff. You want to go out. You want to use your money in free agency. You want to add players here and there. You want to, you know, upgrade the team considerably in free agency. I feel like you should do the same on the coaching staff. You want to make a statement there, make a statement on the coaching staff. It's easy to go out and get this young, up-and-coming, bright assistant coach who, you know, a lot of people around the league are talking about him and he could be the next big thing. Or you can say, hey, you know what? Let's get a guy. Let's keep that theme going. Let's get this veteran DC that's been around a block. That's that's been he's coached big games. He's been in big games. He knows how to handle personalities. Let's bring that in. Right now, if you were to get a guy like Brian Flores, I think that makes a statement. I think that's yeah. we're serious about this. If that's, you get a guy like Levy Smith, I think you're making a statement. We're serious about this. Um, and plus, like a guy like that, a Flores, a Levy even a Fangio, these guys have been head coaches and they can, you can almost do like without the animosity and the turmoil, but yep. you can almost do like a, you know, a Ditka buddy Ryan situation. Yep. yep. You know, when we were talking about at the top of the show where, you know, Arthur Smith is head coach and play caller. Like if you get a guy that you really can trust, you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, who has that head coaching experience who like, especially like a Brian Flores, like yeah. has the head coaching experience comes from the same kind of tree that, you know, Dean Pease came from. Yeah. So yeah. should be familiar there in that aspect. I believe it was you that brought it up, but, um, you know, going out and I, I can't help but go back to when Sean McVay first took over with the Rams. Yep. And I still think to this day, arguably his best hire was getting Wade Phillips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As a young head coach, bringing in a, a DC like that, where you can say, hey, you know what? That's your like, thing. Yeah. Your like, thing. Handle that. Handle that. I ain't I don't have to worry about that on Sundays. <laughs> I right. think that I think that's critical, especially for young head coaches um, like Arthur Smith, who's also again juggling that role as head coach play caller, similar to Sean right. Beck. He already had enough on his plate, so he brought in a veteran D.C. that says, you know what, I don't have to worry about that on Sundays. He's going to do his thing. I'm going to focus on the, on my side of the ball. I think he should do that. I think I think it's key for him to do that. Get a guy that's been around the block, that knows a thing or two. Getting DMPs was a – I think it was a – at the time, I think it was a great hire. I'll be honest with you, though. I wasn't in love with DMPs and his play calling over his three right. – over, over his time in Atlanta. But – just the 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 facet of you as a first time head coach, you're getting a guy like that right. to lead the defensive side of the ball. I think you yeah. should follow that up again. Well, and yeah, uh, I liked DMPs, uh, you know, coming in, and I agree, and I'll I'll you know agree with you in that there were times where I was like, why are we doing this on the defensive side? Right. But but I, I, after listening to the press conference uh, with Arthur Smith and Fontenot. Uh, I think one of the main things that he was brought in for was because they knew, hey, this is not going to be – it's going to be a very talent-deficient roster for a couple of years. Yep. But we want to try to build – You know, we're going to get a couple drafts in, we're going to bring in some young guys, 
we're going to bring in some vet guys uh, along with a veteran DC that can help to build what, you know, what they talked about, build that foundation, that cultural foundation of like what this team is going to do on defense. We didn't always execute properly. Uh, you know, he was, he, he may have wanted to call other things, but he couldn't because of who we had on the field. There's no, there's no real way for us to know for sure. But I think him building that foundation is, and then leaving it to the next person, whoever that is, mm-hmm. is I think we'll probably look back, assuming things work out the way we all hope it does. Right. We may look, we, we may look back at the P's hiring as more of the, the setting the table thing. Right. Um, and then the, the next guy comes in and benefits from that where they don't have to go through that process. That process is already there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's already been done. That foundation is there and they can just build on top of that and stand on the shoulders of the guy before him instead of having to start from the ground up. And, mm-hmm. and you know, to that end, I would love Brian Flores. Uh, I would love, I, I, I think Flores is probably going to end up being a head coach, but I don't know. Like I hate to like get into like the political side of things or the bureaucratic side or the bureaucratic side of it. But if he's still holding tight to that, uh, you know, to his lawsuit, which I don't see why he wouldn't be uh, like, I'm not sure that, like it, part of me wonders if he's even going to step out from under the umbrella of Mike Tomlin. I was a little, I was surprised, but then I wasn't surprised that Pittsburgh brought him in. I you know it didn't surprise I, me. Like I, really. I think at that point in time, his options were pretty limited anyway. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it was a matter of that organization, that head coach that right. said, you know what, we're going to give you a shot. I don't, I don't think those options were on the table. As far as being a head coach, I don't know, dude. Like when you when you start leveling lawsuits, like that that starts rubbing folks the wrong way. Leveling I, lawsuits when you start throwing owners under the bus. That's what I'm saying. Like publicly, right, right. You you become yeah. This like, is again, again, not trying to get into political or or bureaucratic stuff, no, but you I become a marked it. person at that I get point. It. I get it. It's, this is, this is, yeah, this but, is. But I mean, Blank could be one of those owners that, you know, could easily like shelter him as well right. in that sense. Like right. I could see, like, a- like with the things that Blank does, you know, around Atlanta and stuff like that, I could easily see him, you know, checking off and being like, yeah, bring him in. You he know, was, yeah. he was getting ready to bring in a quarterback last year. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, a like sexual assault probe right. over his head. Right. Why would he not bring in a guy? Like, like why would he care about? Right. Not care is not the right word, but I, not, I, would, I'm not saying I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to say he doesn't care, but I think he's one of those individuals that hey, if I believe in the person, right. I'm going to give them an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And, right. and, yeah. and 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 I can see him being that open arm owner that says, you know what, Brian? Yes, you deserve another chance. Let's do this. Let's, let's yeah. Right. Let's do this. Yep. No, I agree. I, I like like as it was one of those deals. Like as I started talking it out out loud, you know the 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 wheels start turning. I was like, wait a yeah. minute, blank, blank is is one of those owners. But yeah, he's yeah. one of those. He's one of those players owners, man. He right he give everybody a shot. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. He yeah. he is one of those one of those owners. Um. But that but that well but real quick the other yeah. name that like I personally uh feel like. I, the guy I would really, really, I guess, be the top pick mm-hmm. for me might be Jim Schwartz. Like Dude, that, I would love Jim I, Schwartz. I would love to have Jim Schwartz here. So 
I don't know like, if he's, I don't know if he wants to come back and coach as a DC or well, a head was, coach or whatever, but he was taking interviews in Cleveland as well. I think there's the ties there as well. They were Arthur and, and Schwartz were together in Tennessee, in Tennessee. Yep, that so may be a guy that, my, that he could. My trust. only thing is my only thing is age. Like Schwartz is, he's nearing seventy, isn't he? No, no, Schwartz, Jim Schwartz, he's like in his fifties. If that, I thought he was a little older than that. Hold on. Now we're I, thought gonna have to, I thought he was in his. <laughs> we're gonna have to go to the Googles because I thought he was a little older than that. Hold on, maybe I'm maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm completely off. But I mean, I can I can see I can see that because of the fact that they work together, right? Um, uh, let's I see. Don't, he was born in sixty. He's fifty six years old. Fifty six. Okay, I was way yep. off. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't buy. I. I'm I think not you're thinking buy, of Fangio. Fangio is probably close to seven. Fangio would definitely it would definitely be Dean P's 2.0 again. Right. Fangio yeah. would be like Dean P's 2.0. You're bringing him in, but it's probably not a long-term thing, which I'm wondering also, are they looking to avoid that? Are they looking to say let's bring a guy in that we know is going to be here for for maybe a while for a while and not a not a, a older DC that's probably got maybe 2 or 3 years and he's going to we're going to be looking for another DC again. Right, um, I I would hope that that's what they want. He did make mention about like being multiple, and that's what he wants. So, right, right, you know. right. So yeah, I, me personally, option number one is probably Brian Flores. Um, I do like Lovey Smith a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think Lovey Smith, you know, yes, he orchestrates out of the four three Tampa two look, but you can show some three four three four tendencies in that particular uh, in that particular scheme as well. He's a guy that's not afraid to get multiple. He had to get multiple a little bit in in Houston with right. the personnel that he had because he didn't necessarily have Tampa two personnel nope. for a while there. So he had to kind of sort of be a little creative. Um, those two names come to mind. I I never really bought the Jim Hazlitt thing. No, I don't. I think that's you know that's just. I bought like it trying to, to make a, connections. Right. I bought it to a certain extent because there's familiarity. Right. But I never bought it like that's the first co- first that's the first guy that they think that they thought of. <laughs> I ne- I never bought that. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as Dean retired, hey, let's get Jim on the phone. Let's 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 pick up hey, let's mm. let's pick up and call. Haswick? <laughs> no, <laughs> Ain't no. been in the league since 2014. Let's right. Like, let, let's call Jim Hazlitt. And wasn't even okay. successful then. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure that I'm not buying that. There may be some interest yeah. because of you know they're familiar with each other, but I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's option A on the table. Right. Well, it's a, yeah, and, and the other thing I uh, just like tweaked in my brain. Like earlier, you were saying, Jr. Like you know, we, we're seeing oh the so so you know this team has talked to this guy. This team has talked. We're also uh, I did hear uh, Arthur Smith say they've already talked to some people already um uh, and it's possible they may have talked to some other people and they just haven't announced it I wonder uh, if, you know, uh, they like, may have been I, discussions but they they'll have they'll probably announce an actual interview but i wouldn't be surprised if they made a couple phone calls already and just right just, just like gauging folks's interest yeah because i wonder how much of it like might be like a you know a frank bush <laughs> or a ted monachino you know type like talk I, to I, I, I feel 
I feel they want to go outside. I feel they want to go outside when it comes to this hire. I don't. I don't feel like they want to promote from within. I feel like yeah, because you, you feel don't like if that was the course. Right, you, you wouldn't make a statement that you're going to cast a wide net. Right, I feel right. like yeah, that the wide was, net statement. The right. wide net statement was like, okay, you know what? They're looking. They're looking everywhere. They're looking under yep. every rock. They're looking behind every corner. They're looking. Yeah, they're not just saying, yep. "Hey, Frank, you want to do this?" Uh, <laughs> hey, Frank, how you yep. feeling, bro? How you feel, man? You ready? What you got, Frank? I don't, and not to mention, you guys remember last year. This is a this is a staff that was very meticulous when it came to the hiring process. Man, they took their time with this thing. Oh yeah, and I think they're going to do it again this year. Then, no, just, and, and probably right, but like you said, I, I hope they have it more in place by the time the senior bowl rolls around. Yeah, and especially considering, like we talked about it, like we ain't even got to it yet, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But it's been announced that the, the Falcons are coaching the Shrine. The East West right. Shrine game. Right. So yep. you think you'd like to have somebody in place, maybe? Which, which kind of ups the that time. It, it like, ups that it, Andy, just we, to, we we ain't got that long, guys. We got right. a, we got a Shrine Bowl. We got a coach here. Let's yep. let's unless have, unless you're just like, I'm gonna let you know, unless you're part of your deal is hey, I want you to come in and be the DC, but I want to keep this core like position group. And like as far send, as and you send your assistance down, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, like so. Yeah. Say part of the stipulation is, hey, I want you to be the DC, but you got to work with Fred Bush and Ted Monachino and you know whoever else. And those are the two names I could think of. Which, and then you send those guys to the Shrine Bowl, which may be part of those phone conversations that we were just talking about, where you're right. calling a yep. couple guys and saying, hey, if you were hypothetically, if you were to come in and be our DC, how do you feel about working with this guy? Right. What about this guy? Do you right. feel comfortable? Not necessarily an interview, but just you know, just having just, a hey, out of, you know, out of curiosity, kind of. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I would be surprised if they called a few guys already. With right, that. because to me, like that's with what's coming up, that's be about the only way that you could afford to take your time, in a sense, because right. like you're gonna want your DC, like giving you the input that he needs. Right. You know, with with incoming talent, whether it's you know player uh, like pro personnel yeah. or you know draftable guys and I, you'll be I, missing valuable time there ideally i want my dc at the combine yeah exactly yes i want him there yep i want my dc at the combine i want my dc at pro days i want my dc yeah like running drills if i can get him doing it like yes like i want to see how the rashid hagman's like react to this guy yelling at him yeah you know in, yeah, in a I, sense, want, I so. want that. I want I want my DC to get a feel as far as who he wants to add right. to what we already have. Yeah. Damn so. Well, man, yeah. we are both. Uh, well, what you got? One last one last thing. Uh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's that D'Amico, name? Not 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 D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, Jared man, Mayo. Be, I was about to say Jared, Jared Mayo. Mayo. Uh, there's a report that the. Patriots are looking to lock him up. More. Yeah, here's like yeah, Patriots to extend Jeremayo. So we'll begin interview for an offensive coordinator. I'm so, I'm or I'm starting to cross him off the list. Yeah, I think he's going to gotcha. stay in New okay. England. I don't think New England okay. lets him out of the building now. Right, I think he. I think but he, he gets a great great name there, Jonathan. That, that oh, yeah. definitely would have been a candidate. He's definitely one of those D'Amico <laughs> type candidates. Yep, that you feel can definitely be. 
uh, a true defensive signal caller in you know in the, in the years and I, and I think Belichick is already starting to see that yep. um, stupid Belichick <laughs> this guy right yeah I'm, you know I know I know this is a Falcons thing but I'm glad he's interviewing for an OC whatever oh yeah no doubt that was stupid like what are you doing you try to pull like, that Patricia come on like <laughs> see this is this is Bill trying to be Bill and yep I think like, I'm the smartest man. man in the room yeah come on man stop I, it dude. I, I've never, I never worried about titles. Okay, you had Charlie Weiss and Josh McDaniels calling plays for how long? You had Bill O'Brien calling yeah. plays for how long? Like all these guys were were actual OCs, actual OCs, yeah. and now you don't care about a title, right? right. And, like, and the, even... crazy, the crazy thing, if you, if you had had like a, it, it didn't even have to be like the the Bill O'Briens of the world. You get you just like a middle of the road OC. That team's probably in the playoffs because that no. defense was good. He took yeah, a former DC. I know. You took a natural bred DC and said, hey, here's the playbook. Yeah, go on, get players. it. Go get it, killer. Nope. What? <laughs> look, hey, look, if you if you got Mac Jones <sighs> yelling at you on the like on the field. Mac, yeah, Mac Jones is like, like run the ball, like, come on, we got a problem. Right. right. <laughs> like, that Mac was Jones clearly, is, that was clearly Bill trying to be Bill, and he right. outsmarted himself. Like, yep. dude. Yeah, that's me. like, look, that's like me in fantasy football leagues. Okay, I'm, I think I'm over I'm, here set out guessing myself. I'm looking, like, I'm looking at Tom. I mean, I'm looking at Bill right now, and I'm like, you need Tom so bad. <laughs> yeah. He really needs Tom Brady to retire and just you go be OC. Need Tom so bad. You miss him, don't you? <laughs> you have not been the same since he left. No, he's been, he's been even more cantankerous and crazy. You have not been the same coach. You miss him, don't you? I know you no, do. No, but, I, but I think uh, if, if they can get the right OC in there, their defense is set. They get the right OC in there that can basically – because Mac Jones is not – I'm not. I'm going to say it. Mac Jones is not a horrible quarterback. No, he's For what they okay. need. For right. what they need. Mac Jones is okay. Right. Absolutely. You know, but he's – I, I think I think Bill. I, I don't want to get too far off track, but I think Bill's starting to lose his, a little bit of luster as a as a you know as the the type of head coach that we thought he was. Like this, oh, this yeah. post Tom Brady era hasn't hasn't been nice to him it's, that much. It's been sure. ugly, man. Like, well, he's he's starting to look mediocre. He is. He is. <laughs> he's starting to look mediocre. Starting to look like an average head coach. That's it. He's starting yeah. to not look like an absolute genius. You know, yep. this is this is what happens when you don't have the greatest quarterback that's ever played the right. game. Right. I, 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 I hey, really look, I've already come to this? the it was more it was more Tom than Bill. I'll put it to you like this and, and or and I'll give you a different analogy or like a different example. Like Philly ran out Andy Reid and then Andy Reid got Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. like in the uh, in the thought process behind Andy Reid as a head coach completely changed. Because yeah. you got Patrick Mahomes, so yeah. like, yeah, like coaching is great and coaching, coaching is, is awesome, but he's still you got to right. You you got to have you got to have the horses to drive the car. You got it's, to, it's, and if you ain't got it, look, it's starting to look more like Tom than Bill. Man, I'm sorry, that it. dynasty it. is is starting to look like Tom was the fuel there. Right? At, at well, least, at least, at least on the offensive side, I will, I will say this. That defense, oh, he can coach a defense. That, that man can he, coach a yeah, defense. Right. He, like, he can coach a defense. Like he's he's stuck to the formula of we're not going to overpay for anybody. We're going to have um, 
a solid edge rusher in place that we know can consistently get after the quarterback. We're still going to implement our scheme. We're still going to be versatile on the back end. That has worked. But, man, from giving Cam Newton the keys to the car, having that whole ordeal a year later with Mac and Cam and that whole preseason and how funky that went to to this, like you're giving Matt Patricia the play calling duties. What's going on, Bill? Oh, yeah. Man, that was a uh, that's been a train wreck to watch. And I've, what are you, you know, doing? I've, right. I've it, 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 yeah, I have absolutely enjoyed it, but <laughs> like, uh, it, it it almost comes across. And, and this, some people may hear me say this and they're like, well, of course, but it, it definitely comes across as he is trying to prove that it wasn't all absolutely yep. every yep. single He's trying day. to prove it. Every single day, Bill Belichick is waking up thinking, I have to prove that it wasn't Tom. Every single day. He woke up this morning thinking that way. And thinking he had to prove it wasn't Tom. not even in the postseason. He woke up this morning eating a bowl of cereal thinking, how can I prove that I was was, I'm better than Tom? Like, he's he's doing that. And he's yep. failing. Miserably. <laughs> even, the one, even the one time that they made the postseason, they got obliterated. When was the last time? Not only – not when was the last time we've seen them lose in the postseason? When was, when was the last time we've seen them get mopped in the postseason the way that they did against Buffalo? Oh, dude. They didn't belong there. No. And they, 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 it was, that was a Georgia TCU situation. It definitely yes. was. <laughs> An NFL version of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. We, we got way off track here. Oh, that's all right. Hey, it's, we're allowed to. We're allowed to. <laughs> hey, I, I, am, I am the master of the tangents on our show, so <laughs> have somebody else doing it. Take the weight off my shoulders. <laughs> but anyway, well, we are bumping up on an hour. And uh, if I don't get out of here, my wife might start throwing things at me. Oh, so boy. I'm going to put you on a spot. I'm going to ask you two questions, three questions. I, I want your honest, honest answer. Four questions. No, no, three, three. We're going with three. three. Anyway. It just kept going all right, up. All right. I got it. All right. Who's the DC? Who's the first pick? And is Ritter the starter? Like that's that's the three questions I want to put you on the spot with. Brian Flores. All right. A, a trade down. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. okay. And Joey Porter Jr. Oh, very good. I like Joey Porter okay. Jr. I've watched a little bit of his tape. And yes, Ritter is the starter. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I would be I I would be happy with that if that happened. Yeah. Like I, I would be perfectly. I definitely happy. would not be upset with that. Those yep. are those are solid, like more than solid. Uh, because I, I think they're going to answer a few questions in free agency. I yeah. think we're we're looking at the roster. We're seeing several holes, but I think they'll be able to plug a number of holes in free agency. That when it's time to draft at number eight, they got a little flexibility. They right. may look at the board and say, "Hey, we're not in love with it right now. We That's, can fall back a few spots." Right. Here's one thing I want to leave leave everybody on in a sense. There's a comment that Rich McKay made that I commented on on Twitter uh, that Daniel uh, Daniel Flick of SI reported saying that he Rich McKay said it was impressive that uh, Fontenot and Smith have stuck to their initial plan. Mm-hmm. Now that's two things. One that lets me know that there ain't no way on God's green earth that their initial plan 
could have included Deshaun Watson. So to <laughs> me, you told on yourself. Okay. So you told on yourself there that that came from higher up, right? Mm-hmm. But if they stuck to their initial plan, I cannot see how their initial plan is going to include another franchise's quarterback. You see, you know what I'm saying? It's hard for me to think. Now, well, I mean, again, it's easy, if, it's easy to not think that way. It's easy saying, to, to go into an offseason thinking like, okay, here's our plan, but then there's a wrench being thrown into your plans. I get and you that, on that. That wrench being thrown <laughs> into the plans is Lamar saying, I wouldn't mind playing for you guys. <laughs> that's that's all it would take. That's all it yep. took for that's all it took for everything that happened with Deshaun last year. Yeah, all true. it took was Deshaun to say, I would play with you guys. Oh, really? That's all it would take. All it would take is Lamar saying, I mean, it don't even have to be publicly. It can be somebody can be asking him a question on TikTok. And he's like, Yeah, I can play in Atlanta. The ah, gears are going to start turning. The- <laughs> you said what? You wanna- say, oh, okay. Say who? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it's just that's my thing. I don't. Again, I don't think that's that priority. But right. if it comes across their way, I think they. I. I honestly believe they might entertain it. Well, man, Eric, who? appreciate who? your time. Appreciate <laughs> you jumping on with us. Appreciate no you problem. stirring the pot. Thank you for I love me it. On. <laughs> uh, we're going to definitely have to have you back on, like probably Absolutely. after the draft. Because I'm Absolutely. definitely going to want to get your your thoughts on who we draft free agent. We might even do like after the initial wave of like pre free agency, mm-hmm. sit down and have a talk again, and then you know after the draft, sit down and have a talk again. Because we do a mock draft, all, yeah, huh? We can do a mock draft after the uh, initial stage of free. Oh agency. yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we did, we'll sit we, down. we did one Tuesday. Chat was kind of. They, uh, yeah, they, they were, were dead on it, but we'll yeah, <laughs> we'll do a whole daggum. Then you and Adam did a whole, uh, like the whole league first round last year, didn't you? Was that y'all? If I'm not uh, mistaken? Yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin does it every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to last get you on to do that. One. Yeah, I anything you want to plug before we jump out of here? Ah, <sighs> not really, man. You know, just just. uh I really don't have anything to plug. I'm not. I'm not part of the Falcoholic. Yeah, if I say you, you're not in the limelight anymore. I want to plug another platform, um, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't really have anything to plug. Well, you see, point. y'all see his uh, Twitter handle on his name there. Uh, yeah, Eric, underscore Eric underscore Robinson. B- Hit him B- up. B- He's B- like he runs spaces all the time, and they are fun to get into. Be, be sensitive. I am fragile. Okay. Oh, he is. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I've, I've I've jumped into a couple of your spaces recently. It is, it, it is absolutely a fun time to listen yep. to. It's definitely I, entertaining. I just like to talk football, man. That's it. And uh, as always, Falcons fans, y'all can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Grim1128, G-R-I-M-M-1128. Jonathan. Jonathan M. Holder. And as uh, you keep your eye on the channel, we'll be back live on Tuesday. And We'll have, uh, you know, shorts and all other type things popping up. So y'all just keep an eye on that. As always, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up.